Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Get attacked by an angry shark. Stuck up a mountain in the dark. Pushed off the top of a big landmark. Hit by lightning in your local park. Caught in a downpour of acid rain. Struck by a meteor or a train. A proton beam passing through your brain. Attacked by that angry shark again. Hear how they survive. Trampled by a herd of buffalo. Chased with an axe by your new friend Joe. Buried alive in a pile of snow. The worst case Ching ching! Double digits! Welcome to episode 10! We made it. Day 10. The critics said we wouldn't, and look at us. The critics haven't said anything to you. I don't think they even know we exist. I've had a couple people say that. But audio always haven't fired us yet. <laughs> Woohoo! Pensus on the yet. Uh, if you don't want us to get fired or, or this podcast to disappear, please do give us a review or rating. Follow, subscribe. Um, anything else? Um, and if you want to be Instagram. involved in this shit show, you can write in. Yeah. Tell us your worst case scenarios. Send them to help at wcspod.com. Look, 10 in. It only took me 10. And I know it. And that was still I know bad. It now. That was oh, thanks. Okay. Uh, collectively, as a team, mm. we were bad. Mm-hmm. Um, have you survived this week? Sure. Yeah, barely. Good. Okay. Fine. Julia's hungover. I'm really hungover. <laughs> but she's so, still on the I'm, urine like a legend. Yeah, I'm hoping that this margarita sorts me out. She's it was, very professional. It, that's me. She drinks when she needs to. Yes, I will drink through the, the hair of the dog, though. That's what they say, isn't it? So this should help me out. This is exactly what I need. Uh huh. Um, I guess that or <laughs> what, what? Have, you have you not heard that phrase? Yeah, I have. I just, uh, <laughs> I just could only think of Laudrup. I'd just been petting him, and then you're like hair at the dog, and I was like, on me. <laughs> oh, it's not all about you, Abby. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's how I prefer it. I love that. Producer Neil's assumption was that you hadn't heard that phrase before. <laughs> and actually the reality was you were just thinking about yourself. No, I was thinking about Aldrich. He's just tapping around. You can't say dog and not expect me to think dog. Mm-hmm. How, what have you, oh, I'm quite concerned about you. <laughs> you sent me a, the fucking strangest picture. It was so disturbing. It was worse than anything. And I want you to know, when I saw it, I thought of you. Yeah, thank you. I'm insulted by that. Um, what did I say? It's worse than anything John Sweeney has ever put. I think that's what I to I paper. Like... And if you haven't listened to the John Sweeney episode, that's who I'm referring to. He was a terrible artist and a horrible man. Yeah, so I sent Julia this painting 
that is up in my local cafe. This is a cafe update. I cannot believe they have this where people are supposed to eat and enjoy food. And I sent it to Julia saying, feel like the guy in your story painted this. Uh. And Julia responded, fucking hell, I hope that's not in a restaurant. Disgusting. And I said, my local cafe. And Julia said, I'd been the next free lemon drizzle if I were you. Yeah. So what it is, is um, a woman, a naked woman... The tits are a, a real focus. Real big tits. But like her head is a skull that's being like parted by some hands. It's kind of like um It's like the skull coroner been, been cracked in half. But it's also as if like She's missing a leg. Her hands are huge. The body is is very um pink, but the skull is super dead. Yeah. Like, it's a browny-grey colour, very, very skull-like. And something's coming out of her stomach. Her stomach is an inky blue, with just massive hole. I'm worried about the leg. And they've really put effort to, like, still show all the muscles splaling out where the legs should be. Yeah. So that's my local cafe. <laughs> Who approved that? They were just really into art there, it's, what can I say? They're just really supportive of creatives. So... You could uh, take a kid to that cafe. They do, for life. they do. But like I said, so I told you this, this wasn't on the podcast, but I saw the cafe owner in the pub. Me and my housemates invited him over. Mm. We were now first name basis. Hmm. And I'm worried this is the last girl he was first name basis with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you need a new cafe. <laughs> oh, but the, the money saving. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, actually, he's, he's, got a, he's got a lady now. Also, also, you're going to have to elaborate. Also, um, a like, <laughs> in his basement, or <laughs> well, who knows? Um, um, no, he like is started dating because I walked past. This is such a little. I want to follow. This it's man. a hub. I kind of te- technically do. I was walking back from the tube. Yeah, you're the creep in this. I think Sorry. I'm the creep. <laughs> yeah, he was in a pub outside holding a lady's hands, being Italian and romantic. Ooh. And I was like. And then later, yeah, he's just with her all the time. Turns out she's also a local cafe goer. And are you now no longer getting say, those lemon drizzles? I can't drizzles? say I'm not offended. Um, I was clearly so all these people I being mean, like, uh, he was clearly fine. Actually, I was very strongly friend zoned, um, and I think it's the best of both worlds. Actually, <laughs> um, no, I still get a discount. Do you? So he was just a genuinely good guy, or you like murderer? Yeah, yeah. I mean. I think you also probably give off quite harsh don't talk to me vibes. I do. So I imagine maybe the other woman that he was giving free lemon drizzle to was maybe a bit more uh, friendly. But I've I've tried my best. And then I was actually a bit worried the other day that I just wasn't quite there with the banter. I didn't quite bring it. And I was like, is oh it God. the new woman? Is it? Is it? <gasps> she's rattled you. He's, she's rattled me. Yeah, I you felt confident before. I, I was like, he's not interested. I tried to make some jokes. I made some like, you know, I was like, You've lost well, it. I'm sure I'll see you soon. I was like, because I'm following you on your dates. And he didn't laugh. So that's... Yeah, you are the creep. <laughs> you officially. <laughs> I'm worried for this guy yeah. now. I was worried when I saw the painting and now we're back to you. Well, I'm attending a child's birthday on Sunday. Oh so more creepy Do behavior. they sell those more pictures? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm bringing it as a gift. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's my nephew's fourth birthday. Okay, and it's the first happy birthday proper party they've done for him. <gasps> what are they do? Bouncy my, castle. My, my brother keeps add. They they make a ball um, pit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll request it. 
Please. No, I think there's gonna be a water fight, and I do not want to be involved uh, in that. Um, but they they have a list on Amazon of like Auntie what Abby to buy does not him. Like <laughs> Sorry, yeah, go on. Um, it's actually Abney Aunt, because um, <laughs> I'm the fun one. <laughs> Who you gave you about feelings. Jokes. Um, do you want to tell me a story? Yes, shall we? Okay. Okay, Abby. Yeah. This is a big one. So strap in. Good. Okay. That was entirely visual. <laughs> it's Abby just strapped in for those listening. Um, it's July 1969. The sexiest of all the years. <gasps> yeah. And Jim Lovell. Oh, sexy name as well. Right? This sounds like the start of a porno. <laughs> kind of. Oh, oh, oh. Loud, loud drop. Loud drop. What are you doing? Um, hey, baby. Okay. Uh, Jim Lovell is glued to his television set, eyes wide and mouth open. Watching I, porn? I assume I wasn't. I wasn't there. Oh. Um, as he watches his friend take the most famous couple of steps in history <gasps> and announce... This is one small step for man. No way. One giant leap for mankind. And he was like, fake. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> he started it. Yeah. And like, this is about the conspiracy he's theory. Like, I saw you yesterday. <laughs> fake. I can see you on Find My Friends. You're not on the moon. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And that's how this story <laughs> is going. Within 16 months, 12 men have flown to the moon and four have walked on it. Isn't that mental? Within 16 months, so many... NASA had flown so many... Oh, it's all NASA? Yeah. It wasn't like different people? No, no, no. Space race. This is, no, no, this is all America. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's quite impressive. I guess it was just like months. their new hobby. They got really into it. They got you know, really like, into it. You take a crochet and like for like... Six months, you're like crochet queen, like that is your whole personality, and then mm. you immediately stuff it under your bed and never touch it again. <laughs> I mean, no, but I can imagine that. Yeah, is an issue. I'm a hobbies gal. <laughs> yeah. It's April 1970, and NASA is preparing to set foot on the moon for a third time. Jim Lovell played in the film by Tom Hanks. What film, babe? Apollo 13. Okay. <laughs> Uh, there's a famous sorry I thought maybe you might have assumed it was Apollo 13 from the third time okay so is that what Apollo 13 is about Apollo 13 yeah I'm going to tell you the story of Apollo 13 excellent I didn't think you would Um, you've after this you have got to watch the film because it is incredible I love Tom Hanks completely stands up it's Tom Hanks it's Kevin Bacon it's Bill Paxton Oh, the holy trinity of 90s actors. Oh, you shut your sweet mouth. That's not true. (laughs) It's just this phone adverts now. Oh my God, he's so much more than that. He's so much more. Okay, so Jim Lovell, Tom Hanks, is the mission commander. And Apollo 13 is set to be his fourth space flight and his first time walking on the moon. But... Let's take it back to 1962 and the newly formed National Aeronautics and Space Administration is recruiting experienced, that's NASA, uh, (laughs) is recruiting experienced airmen to train to be the first American astronauts. Um, They're approaching those with a naval aviation background, specifically test pilots, because you've got to be a badass to be a test pilot, because you're essentially going up in things that aren't fully... 
Why would anyone want to do that though? Because you're an adrenaline junkie. You want to help the progression of science. Oh, you can be an adrenaline junkie in something that's well tested already. Yeah, but somebody has to test it. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, want to do that. Okay, well, this is not the job for you then. So, Jim is a very experienced test pilot, and it's they're they're so important because you have to make really snap decisions in life or death situations they have to keep a calm head they're the perfect people you want in space is it true that like astronauts are literally trained not to like scream probably i wouldn't be surprised or panic like even Mm. if they're dying and they're like Mm -hmm. shit's going down they have to like yeah well you the good thing about this is that you can hear loads of the actual audio because there's obviously they're in constant radio communication between mission control and the um spacecraft so you and they sound like they're just a day at the beach like it's insane how calm they sound throughout the whole thing yeah. it's wild so jim becomes a nasa astronaut on the second round of recruits and they are referred to as the next nine um and each of the astronauts was given four months of classroom instruction on subjects such as spacecraft propulsion orbital mechanics astronomy um computing and space medicine they're also trained in jungle survival tropic survival mm. desert survival yeah they could land anywhere and water survival nice so they're covered i feel like water survival is them they're most likely it is yeah you're absolutely right each astronaut was assigned a, a special area in which to develop expertise that could be shared with the others and provide astronaut input to designers and engineers so they're really like integral to the whole system um jim became responsible for recovery systems which is going to be quite important okay what's recovery systems so when things go wrong how to get things back on track he's the expert in that so what the other two doing well they'd pick a different area to be an expert in so it might be like guidance it might be piloting but like if something goes wrong it's just all on one guy well i mean i guess they well that's the point is that they it spreads out the it's a it's a time management thing isn't it because if you become an expert in something and then i become an expert in something different Mm. then we have to do a mission together no but i'm an expert in everything right (laughs) (laughs) i look forward to seeing you walking on the moon uh so he worked on nasa's initial gemini programs I fucking knew. As soon as I picked this one, I was like, she's going to go down the conspiracy route. (laughs) So predictable. So he worked on Gemini programs 7 and 12, exploring, like, just getting into space and orbiting the moon. And, you know, like, this is early days of NASA. And then he starts working on the Apollo missions, where he was a backup and replaced a guy called Mike Collins on Apollo 8. And then he was a backup for a little guy called neil armstrong oh that's gotta suck yeah on apollo 11 which obviously he didn't need replacing so they always have two crews so he's like swing he's swing they have a main crew and a swing crew exactly right it always comes back to musical (laughs) theater gotta suck jim is mission commander for the next apollo mission apollo 13 and completing the lineup is ken mattingly who will be the command module flight pilot and fred hayes who will be lunar module pilot. Now, the lunar module is the little spidery shape thing that detaches and then flies down to the moon. Uh-huh. You've definitely seen it. So when you see them walking on the moon, it's a, that's the, it's a separate little module. Yeah. 
So is, has he made the cut this time? Yeah, he's the command. He's the guy in wow. charge. How do you, how do you, I guess, just spend so long in the just... company. They saw you could play the lead. Yeah. God, I hope I get it. <laughs> I hope I get it. <laughs> Good for him. I'd love to see a, an Apollo 13 musical. Yeah. Oh my God, that would be great. Let's write it. Okay. Okay. Um... It will be both Ken and Fred's first time in space. So Jim is the most <gasps> experienced. That doesn't sound... I mean, they've got, you've got to have your first time, haven't you? Yeah, but two people in the first time and he... he yeah. It's not his first time, but it's his first time it's as, his, like, commander. It's his fourth time. Um, yeah, but, I mean, that's what... Has he been commander before? No, I don't think so. Right. But also, like, there have been so few missions that hardly anybody has been... Mm. Like, he's the most experienced probably on the whole of nasa's roster because he's been up four times not many people have done that okay jim's wife marilyn is the only person who seems to be bothered by the name apollo 13 she's like can we not do it like a lift and change it let's skip 13 and go straight to 14 she's a bit superstitious what's wrong with 13 13 are you joking 13 is like famously an unlucky number unlucky 13 have you are you a human being (laughs) Are you? Do you really have never heard that? I don't know. Maybe I didn't know it was thirteen. Wow. Okay. Well, thirteen is. Oh yeah, lucky number seven. Lucky seven. Yeah, and then unlucky thirteen. People like avoid thirteen. So I didn't really know that. So lots of hotels don't have a thirteenth floor. They don't have a thirteenth room. Yeah. So Marilyn was like, guys, let's not do it. Um. The, but the NASA nerds were like, superstitions are bullshit. Yeah. Uh, and they they doubled down and they scheduled the launch <gasps> for, wa- for 1.13 p.m., which in military time is 13.13. 13. 13. Was it on the 13th? No, it was on the 11th. Oh, okay. But they, they that, will, really... that will come back. Okay. So seven days before the launch, Apollo 13 hits its first bump in the road. A member of the backup crew... So remember I said there were two crews? They trained together. Mm-hmm. So they're in each other's pockets quite a lot. And a member of the backup crew got measles, <gasps> putting the rest of the crew at risk. Because obviously you cannot be ill in space because it's such a confined area. Obviously you can't get to a doctor. Blah, blah, blah. Unfortunately for Ken, who was on the main crew, remember it was Jim, Ken and Fred, Ken is the only one who didn't have immunity to measles. So the other two had had it before and had built up immunity and Ken didn't. So then he was kicked off the team. No. Yeah, he had to stay home and he was replaced by Jack Swaggart, who was played by Kevin Bacon. He's a minor role, but he does play a big role later on. Okay. He's still important. But also sad times because like this is your purpose for being and you're going to walk on the moon. That must suck. Actually, his role was never to walk on the moon. He was was the pilot. Anyway. The objective of the mission was to collect rocks from an area of the moon that had been hit by an asteroid to help them determine the moon's history. So because it had been hit by this asteroid, it dug up rocks that were otherwise um, impossible to get to. Mm -hmm. And so if you analyze those rocks, you can determine more about how the moon was formed and then that might help you understand more about the earth so it was a more of a scientific journey than the others had been because before it just been like oh let's see if we can walk on the moon oh we can and then you know just it's boring. progressing now yeah exactly so after neil and buzz had had a walkabout um the public quickly lost interest mm. in the subsequent apollo miss- missions 
Um, there's actually there's a really good Simpsons episode uh, where they do like a rip off of the Apollo 13 um, mission, and uh, it comes on like it comes on the TV, and Bart and Homer are like rushing to get the remote to try and change the channel because they're like, no, not another boring <laughs> space mission. And then NASA decides that because public interest is so low, they have to get like a an everyman to go up in space, and then Homer ends up going in space, and obviously hilarity ensues didn't they do that anyway though that was that whole terrible shuttle that blew up and they put a teacher on it the challenger yeah wasn't that, that to re-introduce yeah. interest in mm-hmm. space so, yeah. yeah so simpsons always on the pulse yeah um also the vietnam war is still going on and each mission each uh, mission that nasa does is costing the taxpayer like billions of dollars so they're sort of like we've got bigger problems going on right now do we really need to be putting somebody on the moon like mm, let's... again yeah we did it yeah so really no one gives a shit so 11th of april 1970 it's launch day but the day before the beatles had announced they were splitting up no so <gasps> that's bad timing the world is gutted and even less impressed by the apollo mission they like truly don't care they're all mourning they're like we are in mourning yeah exactly in the film tom hanks's daughter doesn't even want to go to the launch because she's so distraught about the beatles breaking up <laughs> it's very funny <laughs> so the launch i don't know if you've ever watched a launch of a rocket but it's incredible like it's really i can only imagine being there in person like it's we insane. tried to oh really yeah we actually have family footage i was like two this is the only time my family have gone any further than europe (laughs) um or cornwall uh but when i was really young and my parents could afford (laughs) it um we went to florida and we went to the beach to like watch a launch yeah and then it like got cancelled and my dad has like footage of my brother my mum my sister on the beach being like yeah it didn't happen (laughs) didn't see it and then my mum's just reading a book. She doesn't, yeah. she doesn't give a shit. <laughs> she, my dad's like, how about you, Julian? She's like, what? Go away. I'm reading. <laughs> just want to clear up. Um, Abby's mum is also called Julia. I wasn't oh, on that Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Julia I'm not married to that. Abby's dad. I'm not Abby's mum. Um, um, you could have been there. You're the sure, same age as my brother. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I am. I am. I thought you were going to say your mum, but I am the same age as your brother. Yeah, that, that's factually correct. And that is true. It's the only way I remember. And we're age. all in the same generation. We're not, though. <laughs> we're we, so not. We absolutely If we are. were, I'd get on with him better. Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so when a rocket takes off, it is literally like a bomb going off because it's explosives, essentially, uh, to, to get the propulsion to launch it into the air. Um, so it is very impressive. I was very impressed. I've watched a, a few of them in preparation for this, and okay, I think they're very cool. I, I just couldn't watch it. I'd be too anxious if it's going to oh, go wrong. Yeah, I can't even watch Dancing on Ice. I'm too scared they're going to fall over. I cannot do ice skating yeah. at all. I went to school with a girl who um, had the tops of her <gasps> fingers. Yeah, from no. an ice skating incident. No, it's all of them. Oof, Gone. All four. Yeah. Not her thumb. Her th- she still had a thumb. But, but like all the tops. The tops never of get all her fingers. Her fingers. Never so she had done. like half half nails on oh all of her. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah, ice skating freaks me out. They had one on Dancing on Ice where like it nearly had someone's eye out. Really? She like did a thing. The ice skate hit him in the face. The celeb hit the pro in the face. And it was like 
right by his eye so like a millimetre of less celebrity like oh i'd be livid i'd be absolutely fuming just like soap star took my eye out yeah that is a format though that is a format one day (laughs) (laughs) copyright so star took my eye out celebrities maiming (laughs) people with actual skill (laughs) okay so it's launched we're good we're good to go um mm, mm, mm. so so obviously it launches up in the air and then it starts to sort of shed unnecessary parts uh from the from the shuttle where do they land I don't know. I guess in the sea because the they do it yeah. by the sea. Yeah, must be. No wonder sharks hate us so much. Well, yeah, we're pricks. Um, okay, so everything's going fine until about five minutes into the mission, the astronauts feel unexpected vibrations, which Ooh, lovely. You don't want to feel. Oh, sorry. <laughs> in this circumstance, unexpected vibrations. I don't mind a vibrating chair. Not a plus. <laughs> Um, the central inboard engine has shut down two minutes early, which does not sound like a big deal, but everything has to be so precise. Two minutes is actually... That's a lot. Can be quite a lot. That's very early. Yeah. So this rattles the astronauts, but the control center, or Houston, you might know them as, uh, reassures them that although this wasn't planned, it's all fine. They've got four other engines to get them into orbit. So they should be fine. Mm -hmm. And Jim, or Tom... Is like, uh, well, it's good to get the hiccup for the mission out the way early. Which nice, nice. optimistic, really nice. So not true. Um, the first three that the, is such a thought though. You never think more than one thing is going to go wrong. Of course not. Yeah, of course not. And something yeah, does go wrong it's inevitably not again. Yeah. So the first two Unless days, you're Roy Sullivan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then you've got <laughs> the six like, more times. The man who survived lightning seven times. If if you haven't listened to a previous, go back episode. and listen. So the first days run, the first two days run smoothly, and on the thirteenth of April, fifty five hours and forty five forty six minutes into the mission, um, the boys are just finishing up a public broadcast that they're filming. Um, so they're in space. They're in space. Takeoff was fine. Houston didn't lie. They were fine. Yeah, Houston didn't lie. They've been in space for fifty five hours wow. and forty six minutes. Um, everything's going fine it's going so well that they are filming themselves which is being beamed back to earth um and it's them just sort of floating around the ship they're having a little laugh um they're showing people what they do and uh what they don't know though is that um nobody is watching it because oh. none of the tv channels would pick it up That's so, sad. so nasa have had to do <laughs> NASA have had to do like I've a. I've done those TikTok lives. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no one's turning up. Nobody for it. cares anymore. Um, NASA have organised like a private viewing for the friends and family, so they get to see it, and the astronauts think that the world is seeing that it. That is so it's sad. really sad. Really sad. Um, uh, yeah, people were like preempting this and calling into the stations and being like, "If you take my favourite show off to put that space shit on." I'll be livid. And so none of the stations felt confident enough to, to show it. Not even just on the news? No. You think that's where you could show it? Yeah. What, I mean, maybe they did a they clip. on? Maybe they did a clip on the news. I don't you know. But yeah, baby? it did Come on. Yeah. It really wasn't getting anything. But after the broadcast, at 55 hours and 34 minutes into the mission, Houston instructs Jack to stir up their cryotanks. 
Um, and this means turning on the fans inside the two liquid oxygen tanks. So the whole spaceship is running, spaceship, spacecraft is running on these two oxygen tanks. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is completely routine. It just stops the sediment settling at the bottom of the tanks and just keeps everything sort of fresh. Um, the space, spacecraft runs on the liquid oxygen and carried, sorry, that's carried in two tanks and fuel cells working together to generate power. Um, so as the switch is flipped, a damaged coil in tank two sparks. And I don't know if you know, Abby, but fire loves oxygen. Ooh, it's like its favorite yeah. thing. And so, um, the tank immediately bursts into flames, pressure builds, and there's a huge explosion. And a 13-foot panel of the spacecraft is blown off into space. So the boys don't know what's happened. Surely they just, they, heard, they know, oh, they've yeah, heard yeah. a big bang. They can't see Why outside. Why is there a coil in the oxygen tank? Um, it's part of the mechanism to get the, the And it's just blade. falling loose or something? It's a faulty part. Right. Um, that has sparked in, I get maybe in the rotation of the blade and oh then, it, yeah, it's caused a big fire. And this is when we hear the famous words, Houston, we've had a problem. No way, that's, I'm so, du- this is embarrassing <laughs> for me. I don't know any that's of right, this. That's right, you're learning, that's fine. There's no Why shame in learning. Why don't I know this though? I should know this. Yeah. I I thought Houston, we have a problem. It was just a fun thing we said. (laughs) I know it's just that's the next podcast. (laughs) Julia teaches Abby famous the origins of famous sayings. I thought it was just like any time there was a problem in space, that's just what they always said. It's okay. We don't need to go over. Okay. Well, this is the first time it was used. Potentially, it has been used subsequently, but this is the first time. I'm embarrassed. I'll take myself off. Okay. (laughs) Have a little word with these. (laughs) I'll have a walk. I'll self-reflect. So, fuel cells one and three. So, there are three fuel cells and two oxygen tanks. They need all of this to power. What's a fuel cell? Uh, You don't need to know. Okay. And it's literal rocket science. So, I don't understand it. Okay. Um... But all you need to know is basically like a big battery that the oxygen, the liquid oxygen mixes with hydrogen in, and then a chemical reaction happens and the fuel cell turns that into electricity and it powers the Okay, whole so the thing. oxygen isn't what they're breathing? It is also an oxygen oh, it's supply. Also it's an everything, supply. yeah. Okay, it's everything. So, Good, fine. Um, uh, so fuel cells one and three are now presenting as gone. So after the bang, obviously everybody in mission control goes nuts and is like, fuck, what's happened? We don't know what's happened. So they're all checking. They're all in control mm-hmm. of their yeah. own separate bits. And almost everybody is flashing up with there's a problem. <gasps> so, but they're all like, how can this be happening? There can't be this many problems. Like it must be just a, um, a problem with their sensors. They think they're just like, right. they're, read- they're misreading these problems. Um so they can't understand what's happened. The fuel cells are the prime source of electrical power in the command service module. Without two cells, they only have a few minutes of power left. <gasps> yeah, it's Why? bad. It's really bad. So the astronauts don't know what the source of the bang was. They're assuming they've collided with a meteor, which is bad news in space. You do not want to collide with a meteor because that means that your the spacecraft is damaged. And then if there's a hole, then it's going to suck you out. It's bad. It's really bad. But that's not what's happened. Worse than what's actually happened? Well, we'll see. It's a different kind of bad. Okay. Um, so uh, so Jack is desperately trying to close the hatch between the command module and the lunar module. 
Um, but after five attempts, he can't get it shut. So he leaves it and goes back to the oxygen tank problem. And they can see the dials for the oxygen tank like going down before their eyes. One of them is completely dead and the other one is just going down. Why was he trying to close the thing? Because, okay, so the the spaceship is made up of three parts. Mm-hmm. It's made of the command service module, which is in two sections. It's like a big bulky, like cylindrical shape um, with a big sort of rocket engine on the back mm-hmm. and then in the middle is like the is called the rendezvous which is like the Ooh, okay. mm, sexy <laughs> um that's where the astronauts live and it's like it's <laughs> yeah like, it is <laughs> <laughs> it's where they live where they, it's love. Where they sleep <laughs> yeah um so it's like a triangular uh sort of shape and that's the thing that when they land in the sea when they come back into Earth, that's all that's left. Okay, that's the main They get rid of core. everything else. And that's, so in that is um, oxygen, wasteful. battery. Yeah, the whole thing is actually yeah. really wasteful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so they have, so that's a really integral part of it. And then on the other side is connected is the lunar module, which is the separate little spacecraft that comes that down, down into the moon, like lands on the moon. Um, and that's designed for two astronauts to go down for two days and do two days worth of experiments whilst the third guy um, Jack is supposed to stay in the command module and fly it around the moon for two days until they're finished and then they fly up reconnect sucks to be him yeah and then so which door is he trying to close so he's trying to close the door between the command module so the little triangular bit yeah the the rendezvous and the lunar module why is he trying to close it? Because that he thinks that if the back has been pumped, because they've heard the bang come from the back where yeah. the big cylindrical bit is. Yeah. So they know the problem is that side. So they're trying to cut off that part so that if there is a hole, they don't get sucked out through it. So if they close off that bit, then they'll be safe. In so the they're other trying bit. to hide in the lunar. Yes, exactly right. Um. So Jim... Well, actually, they're, they're in the command bit because that's got all of the um, dials and stuff that says what the oxygen tank is saying. So they're actually in the little rendezvous okay. bit. So they're trying to close the rendezvous off from the cylinder. Yes, yeah. But they don't manage it. They don't manage it. Okay. So Jim looks out of the window and he can see that gas is venting or leaking out into space. So of the two oxygen tanks, one is completely empty and the second is spurting out oxygen into space. The lads can see that the pressure dial is going down before their eyes. They know they're in trouble. Like they know they've got minutes left. Um, The command service module can operate with one, so the rendezvous, can operate with one fuel cell, but it still needs that oxygen supply to generate the power. It's only a matter of time before the command service module is dead. And this is the only source of electrical power that they have to get them back to Earth. So they are 200,000 miles from Earth and they're flying towards the moon in a dying spacecraft. Great. That's where we're at. Ideal. What we're currently working with is a command service module that's the main spacecraft and attached to it is the lunar module or the LEM is what they call it. Jim said in an, in an interview that the lunar module is so fragile you can punch a hole through it. Which That seems like a terrible idea. Isn't that insane that like something can get you to the moon safely? But it's... Cause, and it looks like foil. It looks like it's just covered in foil. So you, it does look like you could punch through it. It blows my mind. Honestly, humans are amazing. Fred... Mm, let's not make that the catchphrase of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, the humans are amazing. A lot of them are. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> Um, 
Some of some humans are amazing. It, human capability <laughs> All is humans amazing. Make worlds, the world a the better best. place. Yeah. <laughs> so Fred is supposed to fly the Lem with Jim as a passenger down to the moon. So the lunar module or the Lem had to essentially be a spacecraft in its own right. So it was equipped with oxygen, water, food, and etc. For two people for two days. That was the plan. Oh God. Two people for two days. Within three hours of the tank rupture, all oxygen stores in the command service module will be lost, as well as all water, electricity, and propulsion. And the command module will be unable to sustain life. But because they have this, um, because they have the system of command rendezvous lunar, Mm -hmm. um, survival is possible. The only way to survive was to transfer over to the lunar module acting as a lifeboat. Oh, God, but that can't go back to Earth. Well, it does. What? Yeah. The thing you can punch through? Yeah. Shut up. Yes. I'm telling you. Okay. It's insane. So, an hour after the oxygen tank, tank rupture, the dying command module is uh, has started to drain the batteries for re-entry. So, the rendezvous bit, the triangular bit, the bit where that's the hub where everything happens, that is powered by batteries that you save for re-entry because you've shared everything else by the by that by the time you're re-entering the Earth's atmosphere, mm-hmm. um, and it runs on batteries. But because the other bit has uh, is draining of power, that's starting to leach some of the battery power, which is not good because mm-hmm. they need to save that if they're going to get home. So. There are three re-entry batteries and without the fuel cells, they have no way of recharging them. They cannot afford to waste any of this power and mission, in- mission control instructs them to start powering down all non-essential systems. So all that's left is the guidance computer, which shows them where to go. Um, and they have to work quickly to fire up the lunar module. So the lunar module has been cold because they haven't been using it. They now need to get it into action. Mm-hmm. And then transfer all of the um, guidance instructions over from the place it should be over to the lunar module. Mm-hmm. Um, this takes about three to five hours, but they had 90 minutes. So the LEM isn't currently aligned with their route. Yeah, that's... Well, I don't need to do that. There's lots of maths happens. <laughs> sure. Yeah, lots of maths, um, which is really impressive. And I've seen hidden figures. Sure, yes, exactly. Um, and so through a lot of impressive stuff they managed to get it en route so they bought some time the country is now interested again sorry when you say getting en route back to earth no they're still Still en route to the the moon moon. yeah Jesus what's most impressive is how calm and collected everybody managed to remain throughout this the people at Mission Control are focused on how to get the lads back and solving each problem as they arose Um, I don't think I would have been quite so calm I think I definitely would have said the F word a lot. Oh, yeah. I'm so shocked that nobody is swearing. No one swore. No one swore. I didn't hear one. I mean, so much. Maybe they did and they just, they didn't save those clips. I swear constantly. Yeah. I swore at Tupperware this morning. (laughs) What did it do to you? Didn't close. Oh. I was like, for fuck's sake. What a prick. That's fucking broken then, isn't it? Fucking prick. Honestly. Uh... I'm awful. We were, we were, but single, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> Slide into those DMs. So the flight path for the, for path for the mission was to go around the Earth and then cross the moon and come back sort of like an infinity shape. So it goes, it sets off, it goes around the moon uh-huh. and then it goes across 
behind the moon and then back so big they want to do like a big three-point turn no well you turn so the problem with turn that in the road <laughs> i think you were right with the previous really? u-turn and or three-point turn would work the problem is if you stop if they got to the moon stopped they'd have to almost relaunch yeah you want to keep moving and they can't do that because they've got no propulsion now so the it's actually so clever they go around the moon and use the moon's gravity <gasps> to slingshot them back to wow Earth. that's oh, so isn't clever. it clever these guys they really know their shit yeah um as you can tell, lots of problems are happening one after the other. And all of these problems had been tested for by NASA. Like NASA has a very, as you would want to, mm. uh, stringent uh, testing program of everything. But never before have so many problems happened one after the other. So they've never experienced this as like a simulated issue. Right. That all these yeah, things yeah, have yeah. happened one after the other. At the same time. Yeah. So they're now in the LEM, which has a 45-hour lifespan for two astronauts, and it now has to house three astronauts for over 90 hours. And it's the size of one and a half phone booths. It's okay. tight. It's tight in there. Yeah. So okay. oxygen. Oxygen's the most great. important, though. Yes. Because they made it sound on par with everything else. How ever. Okay. So when you've got lots of computers in a small space, mm-hmm. and obviously these are old school computers as well, um, they obviously it creates a lot of heat and you can't get rid of heat in a vacuum. So in space, you cannot, there's no way to get rid of the heat. So you have to have a water cooling system. Um, and so water is really, 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 really important. And they don't have much of it. Okay. Um, so, because you can't just like open a window just to cool everything down. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, the water cooling system is very important. So Mission Control is predicting the crew will run out of water five hours before re-entry. That's an annoyingly, like... So close. nearly there yeah. time as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They also, there was like this system of um, how they got rid of their urine. Mm-hmm. Your favorite topic. It is. So basically, they had a little tube. Let me just refill. (laughs) And they would wee into the tube that goes into a little bag. They put the bag in like a pressurized bit and then launch it out into space. I thought they were going to make it into water. That would have been cool. Well, it does. No, no, yeah, Yeah. that would have been useful, wouldn't it? No, they They didn't do that. They just bin it in space. They just bin it in space. And it comes out in like little crystals. Like it looks really cool. Yeah. Um, So, but every time they do that, it uses a jet and obviously that uses energy and they can't afford to use any energy just now. keep the urine so in now, the... yeah, yeah. Now they've just got loads of bags of piss hanging around, <laughs> floating about in space. I mean, fair though. Yeah, but... I oh, feel like grim. in this situation, that's not the worst thing. No, but because they are severely dehydrated, Fred starts to get a kidney infection. So he gets a fever. He oh, like no. he really quickly gets very, very ill. Why don't they drink the urine? Um, I don't know. We all know that's I step don't one. Know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they Come were desperate. On, guys, cover the basics. But not that desperate. They, they they covered how to survive in a desert and it wasn't like day one drink your own urine. Yeah, true. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? 
United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Oh, okay, this is interesting. So, the timing of the oxygen tank rupture is one of the luckiest parts of the story. So, had it ruptured any earlier, then they they would have run out of water and power. They would have been absolutely fucked. Yeah. Um had it happened after they'd gone down to a uh, down to the moon, um, then the two on the moon would have been stranded because the one left in the space command would have lost all power and then there'd be no communication between the two of them. And so they wouldn't have been able to... You can't relaunch the lunar module from the moon. So they would have been stuck on the moon. He would have been stuck. Jack would have been stuck in the How does he go get module. them anyway? I don't know. No, because then you're like, why I think can't he Jack goes, go down anyway? They're back. like, no, no, Jack, you need to stay up there. <laughs> well, because he can't get them, because it takes more power and energy to get three of them down there. And you need somebody always in the... It makes more sense for him to orbit the moon whilst they're doing that. Because you need somebody outside of it. What is your question? Why can't they all go three, go well, down? Well, as in, if he has to go down to the moon to pick them up anyway, why yeah. isn't he going to just going down to the moon? I don't know, it must make more sense for him to stay up. I think they just didn't like Jack. And they were like, (laughs) no, you you need to keep moving. You need to keep moving. We'll see you in two days. Well, actually, Jack sort of saves the day. Yeah, (laughs) Jack's a really good guy, Abby. Okay, fine. Um, So this is really the best case scenario for a catastrophic issue. Get get out. It's Uh, not what we want. (laughs) 
if you're like if your spacecraft is going to have a huge issue yeah, this is okay. the one you want so guidance communications and water cooling are the only systems that they can afford to give power to um so the lunar module is running on less power than it takes to run a hoover and the whole thing How? the whole like the lunar module was the most sophisticated thing that had ever been like created at that time yeah. and it still runs it has less intelligence than your phone or my phone or anyone's phone isn't that incredible and it got to space that is crazy yeah um so this mission was the first mission that used wet pack food which helped them because their water intake was so low but they could suck the liquid from the food packs mm. so that was useful um but it's really important that they get some sleep because uh, obviously you need to be sharp um but I feel like that's out of the window yeah they're obviously panicking and thinking <laughs> they're gonna die so and sleep. thirsty and i thirsty. can never go to bed without a glass of water yeah and fred now has a kidney infection so he's yeah he's not sleeping no um so also because they're not running any of the unnecessary systems the temperature is dropping to almost <gasps> freezing um ice was forming on the inside of the windows uh, fortunately, Jack had an extra set of pants that he popped on. Oh, so that'll do it. That, yeah. Wait, warm pants some vital trousers area. for them? No, though. no, like pants. No, pants. just underwear. Uh, underwear, yeah. Uh, the food started to freeze. Um, there's a bit oh, no. where Tom Hanks gets um, a hot dog out of the pack and he just like bangs it against the side of the, <laughs> the spacecraft because it is so frozen solid. Um what so the problem is there's a one the way that they're traveling oh also i skipped a bit but they are now they're slingshotting they're on their way back to earth they're they've done the back. slingshot That's they're back good. to earth they're heading back to earth but one side of the craft is constantly facing the sun and getting very hot oh, no. and the other side is not it's getting very very cold and that's gonna really cause havoc with the computing systems and everything so what they have to do is they have to implement the passive thermal control which is essentially like rotating them like a rotisserie chicken to just to keep to distribute that and so with that happening the sun is coming through the windows and is heating the crew up from the inside so that's nice that so now they're good. getting a bit warmer yeah, yeah. And their, their food's melted again. Mm, yeah, exactly. So they can eat some stuff. So, But the, the problem with humans is that we breathe oxygen, uh, but we breathe out carbon dioxide. <laughs> that, that's the problem with us. <laughs> that is a big problem with us. Um, and as the lunar module was only built for two human bodies worth of carbon dioxide, not three, the levels of carbon dioxide are getting dangerously high. And if it gets too high, they'll get carbon dioxide poisoning, fall asleep and not make it. Yeah. So what they have to do, they have this filtering system to scrub the carbon dioxide out of this the atmosphere. Um, so they have these filters. The problem here is that the filters that go into the lunar module are round and the hole is round and the filters for Why would the you command make them different? Why would you make them different? Are square. So they're running out of lunar module filters. They have to go back to the command module and get those filters, but they are literally trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. Wait, so they're still attached to the other bit? They're still attached to the other bit. Interesting. Yeah. Well, they need it to get back. Right, so they are still going to use that. They are still going to use it. Yeah, they've just powered it all down. Uh, They are going to get back in it. That, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. 
So as soon as the oxygen tank rupture happened, a group of life support engineers at NASA, they knew that eventually they'd have to use the lunar module as a lifeboat because that's something that they had tested. Um, And they knew that they'd run out of canisters for the air filtration system. Um, So they, as soon as it happened, they jumped into action and they took the inventory of everything that's on the spacecraft, dumped it onto a table, and together they figured out um, how to create out of the items, cool, like a little, so like clever. a thing that you do yeah, at school yeah, yeah, where it's yeah. like, what can you make out of all this junk? That's it was great, like though. that. And they made a life-saving air filtration system, um, which sort wow. of looks like a little birdhouse um, or like an American letterbox, that sort of shape. Yeah. So what they did was they put the square filter into a plastic bag uh-huh. and they got a piece of card which they had to take from like the one of the manuals that they had in the spacecraft. And they bend the card so that the plastic bag doesn't get sucked into the filter. Mm-hmm. They get a tube um, that I think was from like one of the suits or something. Could have been one of the tubes that they wee in. Mm-hmm. Um, and they attach that to the plastic bag. And then they attach the other end of the tube to the round, to like a spent filter that's already in the round hole. So they do all that, and obviously they've got no way of sending pictures back to the astronauts, so they have to explain all of this verbally, and like they have to do like a huge oh. step-by-step. It's like doing an Ikea uh, flat pack yeah. with none of the, di- the none of the diagrams. And I am a visual learner. It's me too. Like, I would not be able to do it. But they do. They go step-by-step, and they do it. They plug it in. And immediately the CO2 starts going down. Wow. Yeah, and it works. She's like on the spot problem solving. Yeah. Incredible. That's their job though, isn't it? Yeah. That's why they're... They're earning their money. They're who they are. Oh, and this is what should, I think, go in the survival toolkit. But oh, we'll see okay. what you think. So NASA says it has a secret weapon. They use it all the time for everything, uh-huh. in everything. You know it. I know it. It's duct tape. Yeah. So, and they said without duct tape, no, they wouldn't have made it to the moon. They would like no missions would have happened. They rely on duct tape for everything. So, obviously, if you're in zero gravity and your pencil goes like in floating off, you just duct tape it down. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, how did they use it here? So here they used it to connect uh, everything. So all. So instead of sellotape. So they connected the tube to the plastic bag with loads of duct tape to keep it airtight. Everything needed to be airtight because they needed to trap that CO2 to scrub it. So um, they duct taped around the filter, around uh, the other end of the tube that was going into the spent filter. Like they used it a lot. They're on their way back. We're we're, we're in re-entry territory now, Abby. You can start to sort of relax. And they have enough water? They have enough water. Well, they've really restricted themselves. So it's... Yeah, it's all been sort of measured out. The spacecraft has started to slightly drift off course, and this is a real problem for re-entry. So in order to re-enter safely, they have to hit the Earth at a really specific angle. There's like two degrees in it. So it's between 5.5 degrees and 7.5 degrees. And if they go... um, If they go wide of that angle, then they will just bounce off the Earth's atmosphere back into space and they're done. If they go too steep, then they will come in at too steep an angle through the Earth's atmosphere and burn up on Mm re-entry. 
Also, you don't want that. No. Yeah. So they're getting ready to re-enter and it's finally time to d- detach from the service module. So the rendezvous bit, the mm. bit they've been living in, they have to get back into that, out mm-hmm. of the lunar module, back into that, fire everything up. But because it's been switched off and cold, it's freezing cold. There's a chance that it won't reignite. Yeah. Um, the The parachutes that are inside might be frozen shut. <gasps> so if they don't come out, then they'll burn, they'll die on impact, yeah. obviously. Um, so, uh, they have to fire up the rendezvous capsule, um, now for re-entry, which is a lengthy process because it's been completely turned off to save energy. Powering up from scratch is something they hadn't expected to ever have to do whilst in space. This is something that you just would have left on the whole time. Um, so there's every chance it wouldn't fire back up. Uh, to add more jeopardy to the situation, the capsule has been freezing cold and the condensation from their breaths onto the equipment means that they could, they could easily short circuit the electrical system, which you do not want. No. You can't be doing that. Uh, in the film, Kevin Bacon has a really great moment where uh, he's been given the go-ahead to flick the switch to reignite mm. it. And he's like, um, and the condensation is like, fine. we're like fine with this. Uh, and they're like, yep, yep, power it up. I think we'll just take it one at a time. Um, and he says it's like trying to drive a toaster through a car wash. Oh God. Which I think sums it up pretty well. We're at 141 hours and 30 minutes into the mission and they finally eject. Wait, how many hours? For 141 hours Whoa. and 30 That's minutes. That's so long to be stressed. Yeah. This is a week. This is a week long. Oh my yeah. God. So they finally eject their lifeboat, the lunar module, um, and they are one hour away from re-entry. Uh, so now they just have to pray that the angle of re-entry is correct and that the heat shield holds up so they don't burn burn up. Mm-hmm. Um, as they plunge into the Earth's atmosphere, they lose contact with Houston. <gasps> no. This is planned. This is planned oh, okay. there. Um, uh, it should last three and a half minutes. So they so everybody sort of holds their breath. Oh, God. Mission control, don't know what's happening. But that made good television. For three and a half, yeah. Yeah, the clips you can see of them waiting is, like, so tense. You just see, like, so much smoke because everybody's smoking in the room. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And they're all like... (gasps) So, everyone holds their breath in mission control, hoping to see footage of the capsule. So, obviously, they know where the capsule's going to land. They've got cameras there, so they're, like, desperately looking to see because they might see it before they hear them. Mm -hmm. Um, So, three minutes hits. They say... Are you there? Like, hello? Hello? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nothing. No response. Just static. Three and a half minutes. Nothing. Oh they're still gosh. They're still asking and no Imagine response. Imagine if they were just in it like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this would be so funny. That would be such a meme. <laughs> yeah. That's so no, horrible. No, I don't. But like... <laughs> problem is, is I just post an Instagram story. Yeah, exactly. So everyone knows I'm fine. You're too easy to find but like sometimes if i've been in an argument with my ex like i just want them to worry just a little <laughs> just a little bit and he is kicking himself that he's your ex now <laughs> <laughs> hi hope you're listening <laughs> so three and a half minutes nothing they get to four minutes nothing four and a half minutes and they hear okay you're right Oh, something like that. It was like, okay. <laughs> it was like, okay, Jack. But then what? Jack's his name. Anyway, so they, they hear they hear from wow. they hear from Jack. Um and then they see the capsule appear with three perfect parachutes. So why did it take so long? 
Don't know. No one knows. Don't know. So, sorry, they, they ditched, they know the life craft they've been living in. They ditched that before they re-entered. Yes, because they they could only re-enter in the little oh, okay. triangular. So you just have to say bye to all that oxygen. Be- say bye to all of it, yeah. Wow. Um, so Mission Control erupts in cheers of relief. Like they're all crying. Like it's very, it's very cute to watch. Yeah. Um, okay, so obviously the astronauts are gutted that they never got to make it onto the moon because that was obviously the mission of the moon yeah but also like you're alive yeah but they are very happy to be alive um tom hanks ends yeah tom hanks ends apollo 13 the film (laughs) in like a classic 90s film way with a voiceover as they're all being so they're coming off the um capsule and they're all like people are cheering and they're shaking hands and stuff and then um he tells you where they've all ended up uh, in a very satisfying and a very helpful Ugh, way. I love that. Um, so he explains it was a damaged coil in the tank that sparked when the switch was flipped to stir the tanks and cause the explosion. And then he says, a minor defect that occurred two years before I was even named as flight director. Which isn't that crazy Whoa, that like yeah. this was going to happen regardless. <gasps> two years, yeah. But how do they miss that? I know. I I, I guess if, two you years don't, if you notice. don't know that it's faulty until it faults oh i don't know so jim lovell never made it back into space but continued to work for nasa fred hayes the one who got the infection um he was scheduled to go back to the moon on apollo 18 but the mission was cancelled due to bu- budget cuts um and he never flew in space again but he was okay his kidney yeah oh okay. he got better yeah he was fine um jack also didn't fly again uh, he ended up getting elected to Congress in Colorado, um, but unfortunately he died before he could take up his position in office. And Ken Mattingly, the guy who yeah. was kicked off, he orbited the moon in Apollo 16 and flew the space shuttle, which is like a big deal for an astronaut. Um, and he never, ever got the measles. Oh, that sucks. And I, actually I missed out, but he has a really important job where when... It, when they when the explosion happened he was then taken to the simulator and had to run test after test after test to see what the procedure could be to get them back to earth so um it's because of him really that they managed to secure a procedure that would safely get them back to earth so he's actually a really wow. yeah and real hero like, yeah you'd be like oh for god's sake and then you'd be like oh that was meant to be yeah but then also, I guess they got home safely, so maybe you'd yeah, be like, still, "I could." They didn't have a good time. Oh it, no, yeah. no, no! I'd still be pleased to have not been on that ship. Yeah, but he could have been played by Kevin Bacon, and that's I think we all dream of that. Is that your ideal, Kevin Bacon? Yeah. No, but he's like, he's he'd be up there. He's great. He's so you've got to watch this film. It's so good. Okay. I'd rather be Tom Hanks. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sure. I take any of them, to be honest. Is it Bill Paxton? Bill Paxton's great. I've looked it up on IMDb while you're talking. Oh, have you? I just wanted pictures. Enjoying the pictures? I am, yeah. Kevin Bacon's very young. He is. They're all in their prime. This is Tom Hanks's absolute prime. 95. Such a baby boy. It's a golden age. Ooh, and then Kevin kind Bacon's of Bacon's ir- topless. Yeah, I get it. See? <laughs> See? No. He has got a rocking oh, bod in degra- this film. He does have a rocking bod in this film, yeah. but I refuse to degrade him to just that. The bit where he... Fu- He's also okay. a brilliant dancer. Yeah, and a great actor. It's so good. 
such a good film what a story i cannot get over it and also i haven't i definitely haven't done that justice so much more happens and they landed in the sea they landed in the sea um in fact uh there is a really really good podcast um that made it sound like this is not a really good podcast (laughs) there is a really good podcast specifically about apollo 13 called Uh saving apollo 13 where sean brady who is a forensic engineer goes through it in way more detail and obviously he really knows what he's talking about yeah um so you knew a lot if you are it's i've it's largely from sean brady you've answered all my questions oh good uh but yeah, so that's that's the story of the Apollo 13 wow. mission. I can't believe it. I feel so ignorant. I can't believe you didn't know that 13 was an unlucky number. That's the most surprising thing of this whole <laughs> episode. I just, I knew six was the devil. 666. 666. Yeah. I thought just like odd numbers were like unlucky. Because hmm. just like even numbers are nice, aren't they? And odd numbers and are odd mean. And odd numbers are horrible. <laughs> that's how it works. Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it all makes sense now. <laughs> We're always like, why is that film called Friday the 13th? What a weird date to have picked out. Right, do you want some listeners? Yeah. Oh, wait, no. We've oh. got to do the survival toolkit. Oh, yeah. What do you want to... Well, I think there's only one thing really to go into the survival toolkit. Well, let's discuss okay, it. Okay, go on. We've got you... duct tape. Yeah. You've got um, liquid food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sucking the liquid out of the pouches. Yeah, you've got... Which also turns my stomach. The idea, the, the fact that they had, like... Yeah, the sound is unnecessary. I'm so sorry. I'm really... We'll cut that out. I'm really sorry. The fact that they were eating, like, things like hot dogs. You know, the juice that, like, hot dogs come in <laughs> All of that. And the fact that they were drinking the wet food. Yeah, but in that scenario, would you rather drink hot dog juice or urine? hot dog juice well there you go so they've gotten true. out better than a few people that's true um and then what did they use in that filter so they had a piece of card a plastic bag uh the filter and a tube yeah. and then it but it was all it done was all with duct tape duct tape because it had to be airtight and did they use anything else in the survival again? um well they have got back they do have bags yeah. of piss. I don't feel like the bags of piss helped in any way, though. They, I think, if anything, they just got in the way. Um, they didn't even drink them. Yeah. Waste. So, in this instance, it's quite satisfying that piss is not the answer. That's really... <laughs> Hidden nuts. That's Hidden. my takeaway. Shocking. <laughs> um, I guess it's duct tape, then. Um, if you also have a story about how you survived a terrifying crash down back from space, um, <laughs> please write it in to help at wcspod.com. Um, I will be thrilled. I'll be absolutely over the moon. Yeah, let us know first. <laughs> Julia knows exactly how to help now. Okay, first one. Hello. Oh. Hello, Governor. Mate. Hello, Governor. Um, loving the pod, by the way. My new faves. Mm. Every episode, I give my husband the rundown after, and as much as I tried to back up Roy's story, his final straw for believing it was true was when I told him about the 22 bear attacks. (laughs) To be honest, that was mine as well. (laughs) Hashtag, I believe Roy. (laughs) I love it, we started a hashtag. (laughs) 
Anyway, my survival story is a few years ago, I worked at a summer camp in the middle of the mountains in in the middle of the mountains in Pennsylvania. Red flag. Partway through my summer there, it became evident we had a bear and coyote problem after a bear was heard scratching at the cabins at night because some campers had brought food in. God, are you not allowed food? You should never have a bear problem. Like, you shouldn't be in a position where you can have, like, an ant problem. Okay, fine. A wasp problem, (laughs) maybe. You should never, ever have a bear problem. Yeah. But I guess if they're just... It's so low-key. It does baffle me that people just, like, even go walking when, like, bears are an option. Yeah. But I guess if bears are just everywhere, like... You've got no choice. What are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, I would just not go on a walk, but, like, some people love it. They do. They do. Um, also, thank God they do. Otherwise, we'd have no stories for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> keep doing it, guys. Yeah, get you out keep, there. You keep making those mistakes. Um, so to combat this situation, they set a humane trap with stale donuts. Brackets, which pissed me off because I didn't realise there were donuts in the first place. <laughs> Don't give them to the bears. I know. What a waste. Um, and they also gave us whistles. That's all we were given. That's and, not enough. No. And we were told to blow on the whistle if a bear or coyote came near us. We weren't told this would deter them, just that hopefully someone on this 100-acre camp would hear us and come help. So, long story short, one night I was walking to the cabin with my campers, who were about 11, brackets, the cabin was on the other side of the camp, to where the majority of the people were, and the guy I'm working with tells me to get the kids to walk faster and to sing some loud songs. So, we do. And I notice my friend has gone to the back of the group and keeps looking behind him, shining his torch. I'm stood in front of the group, walking backwards so I can see what's behind us. And as he shines his torch, I see some eyes glowing. No! There's a pack of coyotes following us. (sighs) We're at least a mile from anyone else at this point, so that whistle will do fuck all. (laughs) If anything, don't dogs love whistles? Yeah. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> or just start dribbling. Um, thankfully, we were able to get the kids inside the cabin, but my friend and I kept a lookout for a while and the coyote stayed outside our cabin for an hour until running back off into the woods. So yeah, maybe don't add whistle to the survival toolkit. Brackets, did I get the name right? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Thanks for the lols. Abby. Oh, you've written into I your own podcast. We, need, we needed some more. Interesting that you started with LO as well. Hello. I just wanted to throw you off. Give, yeah. give myself a different accent. It did. Hello, you can't. Um, that actually screams of me just putting on a moustache and pretending I'm a different person. Yeah, <laughs> okay, next one. Wow. What a story. Okay, this one is from Becky Starkey. Ooh. What a name. That's a fun name. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah. I was playing a netball match and my chicken fillet fell out of my bra (laughs) as I attempted to score a goal. Is this another one you've written? (laughs) Abby literally turned up today and was like, oh, my, my. They're my boob pad. I don't have. She's like, they turned into a mono boob on the train. That's not (laughs) acceptable. They're just two separate pads that'll just slip in to cover my nips. They just stick on. 
No, they're not stuck. I just, oh, just... I have so little boobs. <laughs> I'm. They just nothing happens. I don't need a bra, so I just pop them in to cover the nips. That's all they're doing. They're moving around but more they than your do boobs are. Mo- yeah, genuinely. <laughs> There's nothing to hold them still. They just move around like tectonic plates. Just and then they just meet in the middle. Yeah. So I was on the tube, and yeah, I'd become a mono boob. Anyway, back to Becky. Mm. Um, she was playing netball. Her chicken fillet fell out. Um, as she attempted to score a goal, the umpire asked if someone had lost their liver. <laughs> <laughs> Is anyone missing a liver? A liver, uh. perhaps. <laughs> I had to pick it up and reinsert it as my teammates absolutely died with laughter. I quit two weeks later. That's the end. Invest in a sports bra. When is a chicken fillet? Yeah, why? Like, that's such a secondary school thing, isn't it? Yeah. Where you wear like, your actual like padded normal bra for sports. <laughs> so impractical that is the most important tits gotta look good sure yeah (laughs) okay i'm nervous to read this one because i haven't actually read it i've just read the first sentence and i'll be honest i don't know whether my brother will want me to read it but here we go why is your brother involved this is interesting hi abby hope you've been doing well since into the woods um, oh God! Is this Polly? <laughs> oh my God! Is this Polly's revenge? <laughs> She's gotten in touch. It is. It is. It's a letter from Amdram Past. <laughs> it's not Polly, but oh if you God. don't know, into the woods, it's a death threat. It's a Stephen Sondheim musical, and I did partake in a little bit of youth theatre. Mm, so we've time. heard, um, and I think every episode so far. <laughs> And I did play a minor role mm. in Into the Woods. Hey, there are no minor roles, only minor actors. <laughs> <laughs> and I am both, uh, according to Paulo. So, <laughs> <laughs> this is such a sad start of an email. Okay. Hi, Abby. <laughs> Hope you've been doing well since Into the Woods. Sorry if I didn't talk to you much. I was probably awkward after your brother dumped me a few months before. I survived. We're both married with kids now. Although my ravaged teen heart had to recover from being dumped, that's not my survival story. He did a number on her. He was a good-looking boy for an 18-year-old or however old he was. Actually, maybe he's older. I don't want to call my brother a bit good-looking. Let's move on. It's <laughs> <laughs> taking a real incesty turn. <laughs> I did used to brag to people. Oh, don't. Stop talking now, Abby. <laughs> that me and my brother had done the day dancing lift. <laughs> I'm Is so glad. Weird? No, I'm so glad you carried on after dancing lift. Uh, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> that could have been so bad. I was just like, so, like, you know, everyone goes through that period where they're like, yeah, I can do the day dancing lift. But I've, the, never, I've never been through that period. But the only man in my life was my brother, so that's what I had to do. <laughs> she really wanted to brag that I had the core strength. Oh, you lifted him? No, no, no. You, to, to hold that position, because usually what goes wrong oh, in the I day see. dancing lift is, I'll be honest, usually when girls get their boyfriends to do it with them, yeah. the boyfriend, he's holding up his end of the end of the role. Yeah. Problem is, is, the girls just flop. Crumpled. Like yeah. fish. Just I like... See. Whereas I, you but know... look at you, brother and sister, playing famous film lovers. <laughs> Not weird at all. <laughs> Oh, we're definitely cutting this. (laughs) (laughs) We're so not cutting this. (laughs) Okay. 
I was 25 years old and somehow persuaded to take a small group of my students on a trip of a lifetime, Ooh. sailing from Amsterdam to Denmark. Now just started licking my hand. Hi, baby. Um, I ended up sharing a tiny boat cabin with four 16-year-old boys for 10 days. Gross. How was Ooh. this allowed? <laughs> Changing my underwear without ending up on a sex offender's register was practically impossible. I can't believe this is allowed. That's insane. We set sail... At two in the morning, being forced to sleep and then wake in four-hour increments continuously for days and nights. She say trip of a lifetime. Yeah, or trip what? of my nightmares. That's okay. Insane. Every moment we were awake, we were vomiting. Kids were vomiting on each what other over the side of the bunks. Should I say that again? Did you hear that? They're vomiting on each other. Yeah. yeah. Kids were vomiting on each other over the side of the bunks. There was a sea of vomit on the top of the boat. I've never seen so much vomit or been so sick myself. Whose idea was this? How did this get past the first round of, like, parental slips? Like, who's signing off on this? Well, she saw it as a trip of a lifetime. <laughs> um, we would just clip ourselves onto the edge of the boat and vomit into the sea slash into each other's faces because of the wind for hours. That's my nightmare. That's my fear of roller coasters is is someone vomiting in front and then oh. because of the speed of the roller coaster coming back onto me. That's horrible. Or like one of those spinny ones while it's yeah. spinning. That's yeah. That's my fear that. of roller coasters. That's disgusting. So what did I even okay Take the sick out of this for a minute. If this it's trip, hard to. if this trip went to plan, it's still her with a group of teenage boys on a tiny boat for ten days. Yeah, is there no one else? That's she must have worked at an all boys school, right? Well, whatever it is, like that's not a fun time for anyone. Who who was driving the ship? Oh, tiny boat cabin. So maybe there were other cabins. Oh, yeah. Doesn't make it any better. <laughs> nope, still horrible. Um, so they're vomiting to each other's faces for hours. No sailing was learnt. <laughs> At one point, I thought a student was dead because he was slumped over and hadn't moved for three hours. But I was too cold and soaking wet to check. <laughs> she left him for three hours. Yeah, but like, I'm cold. I'm a bit cold, though. <laughs> Tommy slumped over. He hasn't moved for three hours. Should huh? we maybe check his pulse? Can you do it? I'm cold. Oh, God. Fuck it out. I think your brother made the right decision. Oh, God. <laughs> I had lost all dignity on this trip, despite, no- <laughs> despite knowing that I was head of year and would need to teach these students for another year. No one wants to teach a kid that's seen them continuously vomiting all over themselves and everyone else. We finally got to Copenhagen and found out one of the students had lost his passport. Mm. I nearly died. That was the worst At what point? (laughs) I would sooner give birth to my daughter twice over than go through that again. Husband, baby and I are loving the podcast. Kitty. That's nice. Thanks, Kitty. I I cannot apologise for my brother enough. 
<laughs> and for you apparently you, you, you caught him in a real whore phase you really did wow um i was lovely she didn't talk to me oh okay i'm at the bottom of this food chain mm-hmm. thank you very much i just live in the mistakes of my brother apparently yeah fair okay I can't. About time we change the narrative. I can't believe that story. That's really knocked me for sick. That's horrifying. The amount of sick. So much sick. Sixteen-year-old boy. Yeah. How how do you teach any of them? How do you look him in the eye again? Even like four sixteen-year-old boys in a cabin. You vomited on them, and they vomited on you. On their faces. And then you got to go in and with a straight face teach him geography. Yeah, no, that's not happening. I'd leave that school immediately. But then that looks suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> what happened in that cabin? Exactly. Okay, um, one more from Hannah Brown. Ooh, okay. Screenshotted my colleague's topless <clears throat> selfie on Be Real to show a friend. Not knowing, it notifies people when you <laughs> screenshot. <laughs> I work remotely, but might have to see him next week. Will he bring it up? And will I die of embarrassment? TBC. Oh. This is actually a great warning to all. Be real shows when you've screenshotted. I found out because my friend Ellie, who we mentioned in previous episodes, her boyfriend uh, finally did the shave. He accepted the will of his hairline. (gasps) He shaved it all off. She posted a be real with him. I immediately screenshotted it <laughs> and sent it to everybody. And she then oh. sent me a WhatsApp with the notification saying screenshot by Abby Clark, like, lol. Oh. Luckily, she found it funny and then sent me a picture of um, three eggs in an egg cup lined up. Oh. And then the reveal was one of the eggs was his head. <laughs> It was mwah, beautiful cinematography. But my God, what a lesson to learn. And oh I'm so God. glad it was with her. Yeah. But the most vulnerable he's ever been, probably. Yeah, but oh <laughs> my God. It's, it's, oh dear. He looks, he, it's so bold. It's so bold. It's got a shine on it. Wow. Yeah. And you I need to show you the egg video. It is brilliant. It's very yeah. well made. He should go into film. Oh. Um, the, the camera trick is really... So, yeah. Anyway, warning to all. Don't don't screenshot be reels because uh, the, the repercussions be real. Or just, like, grow up and don't be on be real. Oh, fuck off, Julia. <laughs> if you've got a story that horrifying, <laughs> send them to help at wcspod.com. Um, and we'll all go through the trauma together. We'll see you next week. Mm. Hope you survive another week. Goodbye. Bye. Get attacked by an angry shark. Stuck up a mountain in the dark. Pushed off the top of a big landmark. Hit by lightning in your local park. Caught in the downpour of acid rain. Struck by a meteor or a train. A proton beam passing through your brain. Attacked by that angry shark again. Hear how they survive. Trampled by a herd of buffalo Chased with an axe by your new friend Joe Buried alive in a pile of snow The worst case scenario